up, everything? It's June 27th, which means the NHL free agency period is right around the corner. News about Jake Allen had Blue's Twitter on full meltdown this week, but then the Carl Gunnarsson contract arrived and melted all of our hearts. It's the most exciting time of the NHL offseason, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! everyone welcome to the two guys one cup podcast coming to you tonight from our cramped and smelly disgusting studios in patty's bar in philadelphia where it's always sunny and the patrons are always over the legal drinking age ian how are you doing tonight at patty's great that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's all i got man Um, i i'm not thinking I'm glad to hear it. You've been uh, you've been sleeping all right lately. Is that all going well? Mm. You decided to be here tonight. I sleep just fine in my <laughs> sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Two Guys One Vampire podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are here tonight to talk about everything that the NHL has to offer. The Blues gave us a lot more news than we were anticipating this week, so we'll Mm -hmm. discuss a lot of that, and then we'll move to general NHL free agency stuff and some other fun discussions. But why don't we get started with our favorite new segment, The Worst Take I've Ever Seen This Week. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. So that's against the rules, and you can't sit with us. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? The worst! Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. You can't sit with us! And may God have mercy on your soul. We'll need to have mercy on the souls of those with whom we conflict today. Uh, today, a little bit of a departure from the normal. The person with whom we are fighting is not any one individual. It's just the news itself. Uh, <laughs> we don't like mainstream media. <laughs> we mentioned in the open that the Jake Allen news shook Blue's Twitter to the core. We were on the dissenting side. It seemed like the majority was in favor of the news. We got into some Twitter spats. It wasn't our my shining moment. You didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Hands off. But this is a discussion I'm passionate about, so we're going to get fired up now, where we're just yelling at each other and breaking objects that are of significant personal value. Oh, yes. But no, no one's spirit. And that's what really matters. So the report came from Pierre Lebrun um, of The Athletic that said, despite outside interest, Allen's staying in St. Louis. Full stop. That's a problem. (laughs) Just launch right in. Don't even hesitate. That's just the problem right there. If there is interest in Jake Allen from another team, we should give them Jake Allen. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And LeBrun reported, there are a few goalie-starved teams who might have preferred to trade for Jake Allen rather than splurge in free agency. That's largely due to the palatable $4.35 million cap hit on the Netminder's contract over the next two years. Those teams would rather that than commit four or five to a UFA. But they won't get the chance. The Blues intend to keep Allen. They like their 1-2 duo with a playoff hero in Jordan Bennington. Sure, they'll pay more in goal next season. Bennington is looking at a healthy raise. But I think they figure they're fine at nine to five million, nine to ten million dollars in goal. The one-one-a system worked well last season. Why change it, Ian? Why change it? What? The palatable four point three five million that we owe Jake Allen this year and next year is palatable to other teams and for a starter. Yes, for a starter and not for us as a backup. The 1-1-A situation is interesting that it worked well for us in the sense that that was not the plan ever. Nor also was it actually the situation. I know. How many games did Jake Allen start after Bennington came in? 13 of 40-ish. Okay, and it was five, four, and four. Five, four, and four. He got two shutouts. He had two wins in that eleven-game winning streak. That's nice. I don't know how you look at that body of work and go, "See, he was the backup, and a very good backup, and worth this money." The only argument I can see, and I think it's a bad argument, is that this is the evil you know versus like the evil you don't. Where it's like, well, I don't want to risk it on Curtis McElhaney. I don't know Curtis McElhaney. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you could. You could just look at his stats and you could look how he played. You could look at his video and then automatically know Curtis McElhaney or Peter Mrazek or any of these people. And I'm not saying they're much better than Jake Allen. In fact, they might be worse. But they will also cost you $1 million. They will save you $3.35 million that you can then use however you wish. I am gonna lose <laughs> I'm trying. He's clutching his... Rungu. Rungu. I'm the Psy Club from Kenya. Mm. It's very dangerous, people. Don't try this at home. It's also treasure of mine, which is why I will break stuff <laughs> with it. This has to be a misdirect. It just has to be. I don't think Doug Armstrong does a lot of the negotiating through the press sort of stuff. Yeah. But this has to be Doug Armstrong saying, oh, no, 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 teams, we really like Jake Allen. So you need to up your offer if you want to get him. I That is the only thing that makes sense to me. It's the only one. And I you, you can't pay... Ten million, nine to ten million dollars for your goalies and not have an elite goalie? Which Bennington probably isn't, and Jake Allen certainly isn't. <laughs> You're going to pay ten, nine to ten million dollars. We don't know what Jordan Bennington is. Really? And I know, I know that the one of the popular arguments is, well, that's why you keep Allen. He's the insurance policy. But as I told you via text this morning, <laughs> if Jake Allen is your insurance policy, that's like if you called shelter after your house burned down and they offered you a soggy cardboard box and a pool noodle. Jake Allen is not an insurance policy. In fact, I've seen many 
people make the argument this week that he's not good as a starter. The same people that are saying, but you have to keep him as a backup. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. And I want to be very clear, before I go too far off the rails, I'm not targeting any one person with anything I say. I've seen a lot of different people say these things. Most people. (laughs) And most people. We're in the minority, so maybe we're just the idiots. I don't know. It's always possible. Let me rephrase. We're definitely idiots. Mm-hmm. That's indisputable. Whether we're wrong on this issue, we it's possible we are. So uh, I don't I don't intend to target anybody, and I'm sorry that I got as heated on Twitter as I did with some people, but I can be heated here. <laughs> and you can't It's a safe space. The the bitter bitter irony of this whole situation to me is that people think we need to keep Jake Allen as an insurance policy in case Jordan Bennington goes on a 15 to 20 game stretch of awful, intolerable play, which is a behavior that Jake Allen taught you. NHL teams don't have insurance policies in case their goalie goes on a 10 to 15 to 20 game stretch of awful play. Their insurance policy is called a better first round pick (laughs) when they miss the playoffs. Because that's how that works. You don't have, the backup goalie is not an insurance policy. And the only reason anyone in this town thinks it is, is because of how awful Jake Allen's been four stretches each of the last three seasons. And so if Bennington is bad, and then we have to rely on Jake Allen, I can't imagine he's going to be very good in a long stretch where Jordan Bennington cannot play. Whether he's, whether Bennington caves or he's injured, so every time I see people go, oh, he'd be a very good backup. Okay, if he plays one or two games here and there, still overpaid, but okay. But then, like you said, people argue, well, then we need him as an insurance in case Bennington crumbles or is hurt or something. No, that now, now we have no goalies because he can't do that. Which brings me to argument number two. Because I've also seen a lot of people say, this makes sense this year, you keep him this year, we aren't really up against the cap, which is bullshit, by the Mm -hmm. way, and we'll discuss that momentarily, but we aren't really in cap trouble, so you keep him this year, and then next year you trade him, and you unload his contract so that you can pay Petrangelo and or Shin. Here's the thing, the offers are here now. The Mm -hmm. trades are here now. The teams need goalies now. So there's no guarantee the offers are there next year when at the very least, Jake Allen is one year older, has one fewer years of control, and isn't probably coming right off a Stanley Cup victory that he had no part in, really, but that he will still get credit for because his name's going to be on the cup. And I know people want to say that he deserves credit because of the work he did in practice. Fine. Everyone deserves some credit. Yeah, he deserves to to be on there. I'm not trying to crap on him. And that's a bigger point I want to get to in a minute. I'm not trying to crap on him, but he doesn't deserve the credit that, say, Jordan Bennington does, (laughs) for example. So, but here's the other thing. On top of year older, year less of a contract, not coming off a Stanley Cup, he could just suck again. Mm-hmm. And then nobody wants him. and Because then it's four years in a row, 
and then you're stuck. And you either buy them out when you just lose money, mm-hmm. or you give up assets to trade him. If and and this is the go ahead and say what you wanted. To I was just say people are willing to give up assets now for possibly starter Jake Allen. If he backs up next year and is fine and everything, that almost slightly, I guess tank's not the right word, but slightly diminishes his value just because, okay, now he's just a backup. He's just a backup guy now. Yeah. And they go, I don't know if I want to pay even one year of four-something million for this backup guy. But right now, he could be a starter because he started the beginning of this season. Mm -hmm. Right now, you can spin the narrative in trades that, hey... Allen was our starter. We had a lot of faith in Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. We came into this season with Jake Allen and Chad Johnson. <laughs> That's how much faith we had in Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. And look, the team was really bad, and Jordan Bennington happened to get hot. Now we've got to go with Jordan Bennington because he's our cup hero, but Jake Allen's still a starter, and you can't get Semyon Varlamov or Sergei Bobrovsky for less than Jake Allen's making, so trade for Jake Allen, won't you? And somebody is going to bite on that. Because somebody is as, right now. Now. As is my rule, as has been my rule on every contract that people have argued say. about, I have a lot of time for this <laughs> argument. There are 30 GMs in this league that Doug Armstrong is not, and all you need is one of them to be stupid at any given time, and I will take those odds always, mm. because 20 at least of the general managers in this league are entirely incompetent. (laughs) So I will take my chances that one of those 20 wakes up in the morning and thinks, Jake Allen fixes the Ottawa (laughs) Senators, or whoever. Not that I'm saying Pierre Dorian is incompetent, though he is. Paul Fenton might take Jake Allen as a backup. Ooh, (laughs) I love it. Because he's an idiot, but... So, but here's a point I want to make before I yell some more. This is not. This is not about Jake Allen, and I know people get their emotions tangled in this, and I get it. The reality of the situation is, in the NHL in 2019, the very most valuable commodity, other than star top difference making players, is salary cap space. And we saw that illustrated twice this weekend in big, bold, shiny Broadway letters when the Maple Leafs surrendered a first-round pick just to get out of the Patrick Marlowe contract, and they still might not sign Mitch Marner. We'll get to that way later in the show. And the uh, Nashville Predators basically gave away P.K. Subban for nothing because they needed the $9 million in cap space. If someone is coming to you right now offering you money for a... offering you assets for a bad contract, any bad contract, you take the assets. And it's a backup goalie most of all. A backup goalie is the least important position on an NHL roster. It won't stay that way if the main goalie falls apart. Sure, 
But if that happens, you're boned either way. So it's really not about Jake Allen. And the point I made yesterday on Twitter that I will go to bat for because it is 100% true is if this same conversation were being had around Alex Steen, there would not be a fight. Everyone would be mad that they weren't taking an out from the Alex Steen contract when they were being offered it. And Alex Steen did a hell of a lot more to help us win a cup than Jake Allen did. And that's not because I hate Jake Allen or I think he's a rotten bastard or I think he's the worst goalie that ever lived. It's just because he's a backup goalie now and backup goalies aren't that valuable. And I know there's this argument now that the NHL is going towards goalie tandems. It's false. That is a false argument. It is a false narrative entirely. Ben Bishop and Anton Kudovin were a goalie tandem last year. You know who's making a lot more money and who got the Vesna Trophy nomination and who started 50 or 60 of the games? Ben Bishop. Robin Lanier and Thomas Grice were a goalie tandem because Robin Lanier was the hottest goalie on the planet and they had to give him more starts. He was signed as a backup and now he will likely go elsewhere or Thomas Grice will be traded when he makes five or six million dollars next season. Mm. This idea that the league is nuts about goalie tandems is false. It's just a false narrative. The league will tolerate goalie tandems if that's a best op- if that's their best option. But if you ask every GM in the league, would you rather have a g- good goalie tandem or one really good goalie? They'd all say the second one. And I get it. We don't necessarily have an Andre Vasilevsky or a Ben Bishop or a whoever, but we might have a Corey Crawford. We really might. And if we have a Corey Crawford, we can't be paying his backup $4.3 million. We just can't. That's just the end of the story. This is also because Jordan Bennington, like you're saying, if he's our Corey Crawford, would be making probably, at a floor, $3.5 million a year on his next contract. This is another really weird argument I've heard a lot is this idea that, yeah, well, Bennington hasn't really proven anything, so he's going to sign for 2 to $3 million. Are you out of your fucking minds? He won the Stanley Cup. This, the, the thing, mm-hmm. the thing that we've been chasing for 52 years, he won that. I was like, just he let's watch it. Game 7 as alone, much, and that's enough money. Ryan man. O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe, and he deserves to win the Conn Smythe. Absolutely. And absolutely he is... Very integral to this team. Without Jordan Bennington, we do not win the Stanley Cup. We don't make the playoffs. We mm-hmm. With Ryan O'Reilly and without Jordan Bennington, we miss the playoffs by 20 points. And I don't... I've seen people say, yeah, but he's an RFA and he's unproven and he doesn't have any leverage. Uh, uh, so who cares? Who cares at all? He won the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. And... This is an additional point that no one's thinking about. As long as Jake Allen's on this roster, do you think his agent's going to accept less money than Jake Allen to be the starter? I sure don't. Yeah. Why are you giving him that negotiating trick? We love Jordan Bennington, but that stone-cold, ice-in-his-veins man who had a chip on his shoulder because we buried him 
in Boston's AHL team and almost sent him to ECHL is the first and most likely human on this team to say, fuck you, Blues, I'm sitting out and you're going to have to pay me. You can sit with Jake Allen all you like because I love Jordan Bennington, we all love Jordan Bennington, I bet he's an asshole. He probably I mean, is. really, I mean, let's be honest. All the evidence suggests... And here's the thing. He has the right yeah, to be. He can totally do that. No rookie has ever won 16 games in a Stanley Cup playoffs. So he can say that. I don't like... Just just because you happen to be a restricted free agent does not mean you have no leverage. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner. We, we, we'll talk we about, talk it, about him. We'll talk about Sebastian Ajo. We'll talk about some other guys. They can sit out and make it a circus like William Nylander made it last year, Mm -hmm. so that a team that had Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner flying on all cylinders could not stop talking about William Nylander. And he got pretty much every penny he wanted, Mm -hmm. by the way. Or they can sign an offer sheet, which I know people out there say those don't ever happen, and maybe they don't. If they're going to, it's going to. And we'll talk about those later. But <laughs> Jordan Bennington doesn't... Jordan Bennington has all the leverage in the world because we need him to be the starting goalie next yeah, year. Yeah, we need him. We need him. Like, can you imagine Can you imagine the embarrassment if you, start, if you lower the Stanley Cup banner and Jordan Bennington isn't in net oh because he hasn't signed a contract? Uh, I'd enjoy and you've got Jake Allen circus, but, yeah. and whoever, Billy Huso or, or Evan Fitzpatrick or Jared Coro in on the bench in the please God don't ever turn to me spot. Mm. That's his leverage. That's his leverage. Yeah. That and the pictures of him lifting the Stanley cup <laughs> and the 50 billion Jordan Bennington jerseys. They've probably sold in the last two, three months. That's his leverage. So get out of here with that argument. Pierre Lebrun in the article says nine to ten million. I'm pretty sure Jeremy Rutherford thinks he's getting. Didn't he say five? And his he had an article where he thought he said five was his guesstimate. Five million was there his guesstimate. There isn't a world in which Jordan Bennington makes less than four. Get it out of your head. It's not possible. It won't happen. I think. It's, I don't think there's a world in which he makes less than Jake Allen. I think but the if he only gets a way that happens. Deal, where he's like, fine, yeah. walk me up to free agency and then I'm out of here. Or I'm getting all the money I'm worth. Maybe it's four. The only way I see that happening is if they have, like you said, this is all a front. And they go, look, dude, we can't pay you this much. Somehow he's okay with it. They go, by the way, we're shipping this dude out. We're shipping Alan out. Now, obviously, that doesn't make the number go away. You know what? We decided to pay him. But we're clearing space. You're the guy. We're not going to pay you a the world, you know, a king's ransom, but we are going to pay you and make you the default starter, mm. number one, don't worry about it. I could see me like, okay, fine. But, and to people that are like, that's too much, you know, five million or more is too much for him. You know what? I agree because you, everyone should get paid $2. I'm totally fine with saving money everywhere. Certainly much rather give Jordan Bennington a two-year $4 million, yeah. four total, two yeah. by two, million dollar contract it's not possible it's and i've seen so many i've seen so many people on twitter this week just saying so and so whether it's alan whether it's edmondson whether it's maroon whoever it is Mm -hmm. just saying he'll never make that much 
at a very reasonable figure. And I'm like, what don't you get about RFA after a Stanley Cup? What, like, the, the Chicago Blackhawks have to trade two promising young players every year, or they mm-hmm. did when they were at the height of their problem, powers, just to clear space for the guys they were keeping off Stanley Cup runs. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Joel Edmondson and Jordan Bennington are both locks for four-plus million a season. And I, th- I honestly think even in your scenario where you're like, okay, you're clearing Allen, I'll sign for a little bit less mm-hmm. and stay here to be the number one, I even think that's still four million flat. Yeah. I think four million flat is the hometown discount. Maybe three seven five, three fifty. It's like if it's below three fifty, I'll eat a sock. I'll eat a sock. I for anything more than a year. Like that's mm-hmm. the other thing where it's like, okay, fine, walk me to free agency and take your chances. Oh, or boy. like an arbitrator decides, you know. But like, and that's I. I don't want to spend the entire podcast here, but Jake Allen was five four and four after Jordan Bennington took over. I know his numbers were better; they weren't great. It was kind of league average save percentage, league average goals against average, and I know the goal support was bad. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a million times. I think we've both said this a million times on this show. That's not random. It's not random that the goal support is bad for Jake Allen. It's it's very, very logical because he has forfeited his team's trust in him. Is that his fault in that game? No. Is it his fault in the grand scheme of he's been a pretty lousy goalie for long stretches over the past three seasons? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the team can't play loose and they can't play aggressive and they can't forecheck and they can't do all that stuff because they're afraid that if they make one mistake and the puck goes the other way, it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't see goal support. And that is, again, not an attack on Jake Allen. I don't know why we have to walk this tightrope with him in particular more than almost anybody else on this team where you can't criticize him or it's suddenly like some vicious attack. He's a fine goalie who can make super athletic saves from time to time, has all the athletic potential in the world, doesn't seem to have it all between the years. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He made $18 million being that so far in his career, more than that, probably upwards of 20 to $25 million. He's going to make more. Somebody will pay him more money for that when this contract runs out. That's not that bad a life. So yeah. if I'm here on a podcast that he'll never listen to saying, you know what, not that great a goalie, I think he'll live. <laughs> I think it just comes down to you can take his name out of it. And if, again, someone's again, gonna yeah. off, if someone's going to offer you assets to clear what will be $4.35 million for your backup goalie, which we've all decided, I think we've all yeah, anointed nobody's him. out there saying, well, really, he should be the starter. That again. he's the backup. If you have a backup goalie making that much money. I don't care if he started as your starter. I don't care what the what the instance is that got you here. And someone's offering you anything for him. You make that move. This team, we've seen it time and time again, this Blues team can turn a backup goalie into Patrick Waugh with stats. Man, we could make Curtis McElhaney look like the second coming of fucking... I was going to say Marty Turco. Was that guy ever good? No. 
Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. Made $2 million in Philadelphia this year for the run he had in St. Louis that ended four seasons ago now. Mm-hmm. That's still happening. That's not because of how good he was in Philadelphia. That's because of how good they hope he might be if he's healthy because they know how good he was with the Blues. And then we made Carter Hutton $12 million or whatever. And you know what? I don't love it because I really want the Sabres to succeed. Carter Hutton, not that good last year. Mm. This team needs a backup goalie that's worth a mil or that we can pay a million dollars, not a backup goalie that we're paying four point three five million dollars. Yeah. And it's just it's as simple as that. You take Jake Allen's name out of the equation, this isn't an argument. We have there are groups of fans and there have been as long as we've been on Twitter and God bless you, if people have favorite players, that's fine. But there are groups of fans who cannot see I don't wanna say reason like they're unreasonable, but they they just won't hear any criticism or negative arguments about Jake Allen at all. And that's fine, but not practical. For as tied as I am to a lot of these players as they won us the cup and stuff, I'm somehow, maybe because they did it, mm-hmm. I'm somehow in this weird reality also like less tied to them at the exact same time. Like, oh, I want everyone to stay here forever. But if you leave too... Godspeed, because you got us a cup, and it's like, I, go do, I don't... Go be you. Yeah, go do your and thing. And that's the other thing that's weird about this. Doesn't Jake Allen want an opportunity to start? I know he's been a great teammate, and I would never take that away from him. He has. He mm. did. That is, as far as I'm concerned, his best quality was just how completely supportive and, like, no yeah, zero fuss controversy. at all about just outright losing the starting job. Good on him. So, praise for that. Doesn't he want a chance to redeem his career in a fresh start? That dude has got to want a fresh start. Like, I know he he probably likes St. Louis. He's been here his whole career. He won a cup here. I get that. But you can't tell me that if the Calgary Flames are like, hey, buddy, you want to join our championship caliber roster and mm-hmm. give it a shot? You can't tell me that's not interesting to him. I just... Won't believe it. Mm. So, yeah, we've done 30 minutes on the Jake (laughs) Allen scenario. Surprise, surprise. The other, I knew it was going to be crazy. The other thing that uh, we saw the weird pivot today from a lot of people, a whole lot of people where it's like, wait a minute. If we keep Jake Allen, maybe we can't keep Pat Maroon. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 the point. And so this argument that we're not in a cap crunch is bogus. Because maybe we're not in a cap crunch to keep our current RFAs. Which, by the way, is fine. We should let Pat Maroon walk. Mm-hmm. We absolutely should. But, yeah, that's how the cap works, dude. There's it's a like, finite yeah. amount of space. Or do that. There's a finite amount of space. And when you filled all that space, you can't put more stuff in that space. If you want to bring everybody back, I mean, mostly everybody, you know, your Pat Maroons, your Evan Barbashevs, I mean, we're getting RFAs here, but Robbie Fabry, Zach Sanford, Oscar Sunquist, Sammy Blay, you're bringing back at least four out of those five. Uh, Jordan Bennington, Joel Edmondson, you have $15 million to bring all those people back. 15? Oh, with Gunnarsson. With Gunnarsson signed, yeah. So we have $15 million. We have eight or nine restricted free agents. We have... We have, let's see, seven. Seven. Is it Five. 15 and change? Yeah, it's 15, 
Uh, like 15 and a half. So let's say 16 for just the sake of easy math. Mm-hmm. Seven restricted free agents. Yeah. And then Pat Maroon's a UF. Or and UF, Pat right? Maroon. Yeah. So eight players. Mm-hmm. We supposedly want all of them. That's an average of $2 million per player. Except Bennington four, Edmondson four. That's $8 million to split among six people. Uh, and cutting it Robbie. can't be... Cutting yeah. Robbie Fabry out, cutting one person out that was making one and a half million, not going to be enough space. Yeah, you're. Ta- I really, I still think you're talking. Pat Maroon definitely walks. I don't. If he was staying, it'd be done by now. He's. I think he's leaving. Sorry. Not interest. The Calgary Flames. I'm sorry are very to interested. people who really want him to stay. I and it's what you just said. I love Pat Maroon. I love everyone on this mm-hmm. team. I'd love to live in on you know whatever day we won the cup. I'd love to live. In the period from that to the parade forever. Mm. For my entire life. And just feel as good as I felt. But this guy won us a cup. Go make your money. Because you can't make it here. We ain't got... We Even if Pat Maroon stays, he's mm-hmm. not making the most money he can make. And we've said, too, if he takes the haircut, let's say he's making Carl Gunnarsson money, basically just making what he made last year. Where's, Still where's doesn't Jordan, really fit. Yeah, where's Jordan Cairo go? Where's Clem Costin fight for a spot? Where's, where's Sammy Blay? Yeah, Sam you're, you're pushing these young guys out again. And it worked this year, and it was fine, but let's also remember that Pat Maroon wasn't great during the season. Had a little run towards the end. Wasn't great. Yeah, I think people were like, dramatically overestimating how beneficial he was. Mm. He was wonderful in, in the second series. And that's he got the thing. the game winner. If he goes away, that's the weird thing. If he leaves, if anyone leaves, the the memory doesn't disappear. That's the thing. That's there forever. I think people forget that David Freeze got traded. Not even walked as a free agent. Got traded mm-hmm. one season after everything he did. And he gets standing ovations at every at-bat. I'm like, do you cry when you see Which David Freeze gone? Which has to be gone? embarrassing no. for him. At some, po- <laughs> at some point, it's a little annoying. I know, you're like, okay, well, yeah. Like, I'm just trying to That's pinch been, hit for the Dodgers here, guys. It's been Let's eight chill. years. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't fade. You're never going to yeah. be le- less happy about David Freeze. This is the re- you're never going to be less excited to run into him at a Deerberg's mm. or an Emo's or a whatever. This you is know? my movie remake quandary. Or they'll remake a movie and people go, wow, they ruined the other movie. I'm like, well, they did in the sense they didn't do the old movie justice, but the old movie is still there. Mm-hmm. It's still very much a thing and you can enjoy it anytime you wish. Yeah. It's bizarre. So let's talk about something happy. Carl Gunnarsson signed with the Blues. <laughs> boom, boom. For one, two years at $1.75 million I told you if he year. left, I was through with this team. That's, you always said. I've we always said, said Carl Gunnarsson or... Bust. You got at a lot first, of time for Carl Gunners. At first, I looked at this contract and I was like, meh. And I then I thought about it and you, I was like, you know what? I'm a little sullied by the tone of Blues Twitter right now. This is a freaking home run. No, this is a very good This is a home run, baby. This is a guy who for sure took less money to stay. He definitely could have made more on the open market. I'm mm-hmm. just assuming, but I'm sure he can. This is a dude whose only shortcoming is that he played 23 games in the regular season last year mm-hmm. because he's very injury prone. You've got this great stat oh, yeah. about his. <laughs> yes, in the 410 possible games he could have played with us in his five seasons in here. In the regular season. In the regular season, yes. 
He's played 277, which is just a skosh over two-thirds. Oop. Oop. Yep. And then Spins. sneak past yeah. there. <laughs> two-thirds. So one out of every three games he's been injured. And that's not great. Not fantastic. But to his internal credit, when he's healthy, he's real good. I think he looks... The pairings next year need to be Gunnarsson, Petrangelo, uh, Bomeister, Pareko. Yeah. Because sure. when Gunnarsson's with Petrangelo, especially in this playoffs, I think they, with that shutdown line behind them, with Preco and Bomeister, they just said, I don't know if he thought it or someone said, just fuck it, just be like as much of an offensive threat as you can, Petro, and then Gunnarsson will just be your shutdown buddy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about trying to be your two-way guy or like, I'm the captain, so I gotta be back in the D zone. I mean, he looks fine there, but yeah. I feel like something got in his ear and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna try... I'm, I've got someone backing me up over there who's reliable. Yeah, done with Petrangelo is a weird mix. Because, like, Petrangelo is like, well, it's the kid, and i got to be sure i got to like, be the responsible one. Yeah. But then, like, Dunn's probably like, oh, shit, the captain's out here. Like, i got to play. Ca- oh, that's Cap. i got to play cautious and, you know. That's <laughs> like, Canada's ass, Cap. <laughs> that is Canada's ass. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this deal, at best, he's healthy, and it's just highway robbery. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, dude was healthy throughout the playoffs. I mean, maybe not healthy, but fought mm. through it. Played, scored the game winner in game two. One of the best moments of the playoff run. Um, he's making only just a little bit more than Robert Bortuzzo, but he's most certainly going to be playing more in terms yeah. of like game-to-game minutes. As long as he's That's healthy, pretty good. for sure. Yeah. And if he's hurt, it doesn't kill you, mm. you know? If he gets hurt, you put him on LT. If he gets real hurt, you put yeah. him on LTIR, fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a win. It's a big win. I think it's good because our left side was a big question mark. And just keeping someone around like that for that low of a cost is really good. Solidifies S- that side a little bit. So, what does this mean for Joel Edmondson? Yeah, so we have Vince Dunn on the left who's playing. We have Carl Gunnarsson who's a regular. And then we would have Joel Edmondson. Supposedly, he'll still be here. But we also have Nico Mikola, who, from all accounts, has looked really good last year, even in his first year in North America. I think it started out a little rough, but I think has looked pretty good. I don't haven't heard any hiccups like, uh-oh. Not a Jake Wallman type, if you will. Um, but you've got, is Mitch Ranky is he a righty? He might be yeah, a righty. Yeah, Ranky is a righty. But you do have young guys lady. pushing. Robert Bortuzzo looked pretty good and is probably going to at least try to be a regular, you know, a regular. Uh-huh. Joel Edmondson has a spot, but he has to be better than he was before. And on top of that, if we just take out the name and we look at the money, we've talked about it. He projects, if we look at other defensemen like him and they're what, I guess this is technically his third contract, but we'll call it his second, to be making over $4 million per year. Yeah. And I don't know if you pay that to your third, your, Seven. oh, and Jay Bomeister. I completely fucking whiffed yeah. on Jay Bomeister. Yeah, what the fuck is you're, this? You're trading J- Joel Edmondson at this point. Jay Bomeister's playing all your games. You know that. Vince Dunn's playing all your games. You know that. Carl Gunnarsson could get hurt. But if he's not hurt, but playing you can't all your games. keep $4 million Joel Edmondson no. in case Carl Gunnarsson gets hurt. <laughs> so, so I was gonna say we don't want to retread what we just walked away from, but nameless four million dollars on your bench, up in the box? No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't. 
he is more likely to be traded right now than he ever has been. Yeah. I just don't... I think somebody gets you gives you something pretty nice to get him. Mm. He's a good cost-controlled left-handed defenseman. He can be a lot of people's first or second pair left-handed defenseman. Mm. He really can. Certainly second and top penalty killer. He can't be ours. I think, and I I know like there's an awkward way where him, you're like, yeah. well, but what happens when Bomeister's gone in a year, maybe, and Gunnarsson's gone in two, and it's like, I don't know, but you can't pay him four million dollars a year until then to find out. Yeah, you're gonna pay him that much till like year even, two like, of his contract, and they're like, now you're the guy. And here's the thing: so maybe I'm wrong at four, but he's not taking a cut from the three he made last year. Yeah, he's making so you three can't and a make half. Him three and a half in a year. He's making three and a half at very least. Like, very least. And even then, I think maybe then they promise him a lot of years to be like, hey, dude. But then he's not going to want a lot of years. He want very little years to make even more after that. Yeah. And if he's making like three and a half for the next, let's say he goes, I'll only do three years. Then he's up when, you know, right after Bomeister's gone mm. the year before, or the year, two years before, Gunnarsson's gone the year before him. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think Joel Edmondson's getting traded. People oh. really attach him to the tip, to the hip with Pareko because they both came up at the same time. And I not think similar. When they started, people were like two big guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's our future top pairing eventually. Mm-hmm. And I'm I was there too, like hundred percent. But it's, I like Joel Edmondson. Yeah, he's a fi- like totally fine. He seems great as a human being and good as a player. I know. I feel so bad that we always have to keep saying this, but it's not but that. It, it's just not. He's not worth the money. He's probably going to garner. We had to be the, we talked about this just in our text the other day, and it's like, if we have to be the people who are like, we know everything is awesome in Blues Nation right now, you still have to make smart decisions. Mm. If that's the role we have to adopt, we'll do it. I'm not trying to be a dick. I I'm, love all these guys. We say that over and over yeah. again. But you can't, you can't pay him $4 million a year to be a consistent third-pairing defenseman, mm. much less a seventh guy who's split in time. It just makes... You got if if Carl Gunnarsson's hurt, you move Dunn up with Petrangelo, which I just said wasn't ideal, <laughs> and then you move Mikola, or you can get a left-handed defenseman at the trade deadline, probably. Mm. But you can't pay Joel Edmondson to be that guy. I just don't think he was too inconsistent for me to be giving you a decent term with a decent amount of money and go. Ah, but we know that's not going to be you, right, buddy? Yeah. Or you can even trade him for. Or trade somebody for a lefty that fits the situation a little better. Mm. But I just don't think it makes sense. Um, Craig Berube finally signed with the Blues. Hey, oh, three years, I called it. Boom. Check um, the tape. Which is wonderful news. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years is perfect. Don't know the money, don't really care. Ten million dollars. <laughs> That's what I've heard on the street. Is it really? No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. Like, Tom no. Stillman said, whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> and he said, 12 million, and Tom said, whoa. Whoa. Calm it down. Chief! <laughs> uh, Jer- Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, Doug Armstrong at the press conference said he hasn't looked at his list of coaching candidates since January, to which I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> What part of January? The end of January, at least, right? Like, please? Um, but okay. Since uh, the minute Bennington started, he hasn't <laughs> Exactly. Um, 
Baruvi said, when I got here, my first thought was just to get this team back on track and get things in order. In my mind, we need to get everybody on track. And once that started going, we started feeling good about the way we were going. It's not an easy thing to win a Stanley Cup. I'll tell you that. Thanks, Craig. That's what we're <laughs> paying insight. you for. Uh, the All the assistant coaches are coming back, but there is a spot open for where Baruby was as an assistant coach. Special teams. Specialists, please, please, God. <laughs> we can't. We're not going to be able to coast this fucking victory on one and eighteen and series. Just not going to work. Yeah, that's not a that's not a winner, for sure. Um, so uh, let's see. This is a quote from a couple of quotes from Jeremy Rutherford. Baruby, this is a proud day for me and my family. I have a tremendous amount of respect for this team and this organization, and the city has embraced me as one of their own. This past season was the experience of a lifetime, and I'm anxious to get started on our title defense. He also just raved about that one time you saw him in the noodles restaurant. and I did. <laughs> I know, and he really, that you were the one who made him feel like he was a part of this city. Me with my like long, like my <laughs> uncomfortable way across the uh-huh. restaurant stairs. I was like, is that Craig Baruby? Is that fucking Craig Baruby? Jeremy Rutherford also quoted Doug Armstrong as saying, Craig made an enormous impact on our team when he took over. He restored our identity and provided our players with a clear sense of direction and purpose. The chemistry and trust that he developed with our players was integral in bringing our franchise the Stanley Cup. Ian, Mm -hmm. does he see all three years of this contract? Oh, that's so scary. What a scary question. I think he does. I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I think I so. I think he's your coach for a good time. Now. I think maybe if you were like, we're firing him just... in the third year because he's not very good in January, you go, ah, fuck it, we're just going to lose this season. I'm not going to fire his ass. There's no loyalty for NHL coaches. Oh, so, there really isn't. I mean, as much as we're talking about for players, there's none for coaches. So this team is dog shit for two years. Know what it must be in the NHL because all these people constantly just get jobs again? That's why. You can just fire them and be like, don't worry, you don't feel bad. You'll coach next year. I'd Like, you're out of a job right now, but you will not be out of a job in, like, five months when the new season begins, you know? So it's like, they don't feel bad about firing people. Yeah. Or you become a consultant or you're part of a front office. Yeah. yeah. You did not leave this guy on the street. They're right. like, all right, off to the other, one of these other 30 the teams. And money anyway. So. Yeah. I'm glad to have Craig Baruby back. I was getting a little nervous there just because of some of the reports. Yeah, we didn't. Like... I don't think we really talked about those comments. I thought we should tonight if he wasn't signed, but he is, so that's nice. Because, yeah, there just seemed really. That's the one time Armstrong did kind of seem like he was airing out, like, maybe not grievances, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was just sort of like, you know, we're, we're still in talks and, you know, it is a business and everything. It's like, ooh, is this getting, like, dicey? Yeah, so I'm glad it's done. Yeah. I'm very glad. Uh, the Blues' regular season schedule got released this week. Ian, what are your highlights? Uh, there's the home opener on October 2nd against the Washington Capitals. That'll be your banner raising. I think that'll be nice. TJ Oshie will be back. He can, like, clap and be like, see, they won one too, and I don't feel so bad about being traded, most likely. Uh, cup final rematch is October 26th in Boston, and then April 2nd in St. Louis. I believe that's our last home game of the season. Uh, 11 Saturday night home games presumably will wear the third jerseys on those nights. I think that's what we did last year. Uh, home and homes, I do like these. So we don't have any actual back-to-back home and homes, like 
one day is one place, one day is the next, like within 48 hours. But we do have home and homes with a day in between. So November 23rd and 25th against Nashville, that's here and then in Nashville, and then December 27th and December 29th against Winnipeg, that's in Winnipeg and then St. Louis. I do enjoy those a lot. They're a lot of fun. I do think they're a little more special when they're literally back-to-back. I know Mm. someone's like, they're tired. I'm like, yeah, we're both tired. I don't care. Oh, tired hockey, sloppy hockey, and that's the best hockey. And then, of course, and I forgot, the 2020 All-Star Weekend, January 24th through 26th, we also have that week right before that off, so it's like a big gap, and then all of a sudden we have the All-Star Weekend, I think we play almost like the next day after that Sunday in St. Louis. I don't know. It seemed really weird. It seemed like they pushed our games up together a lot. Uh, longest homestand, five games in January against San Jose, Buffalo, the New York Rangers, Anaheim, and Philadelphia. And then the longest road trip is literally the next five games after that against Colorado, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. So yeah, there you go. That's, That's nice. highlights. I looked at my doesn't ticket seem package. Like just on yeah. the surface, it doesn't seem as awful as it did last year. No, we didn't. I swear, there's also been teams, and I'm sure there are this year that have like nine game home stands mm-hmm. and shit like that. And I was like, well, it's nice to only have a four or a five game on the road thing. Oh, the weird thing about on the road is the first game of the five game uh, road stretch is right before our break and All-Star weekend. Mm-hmm. And then, so they come home, literally, because the All-Star game's here, and they're like, hello, everyone. And then they go back on the road, <laughs> like, back to the road trip. But don't we have, like, the week off after that, too, or something? We have the week off right before that. Okay. But, like, Winnipeg or whoever we play, Vancouver, like, we play them on Tuesday, the Sunday after the All-Star game. It's like, get the fuck out of town. Strange. My um, Maybe uh, it takes, like... A lot of cleanup or something. I don't know. My ticket package looks actually very balanced this year. I used to have, like, you have zero in November, but you have five in February. And I'm like, I kind of wanted to do stuff in February. And it's like, no. <laughs> and I think this time it's like two in every month. That's so good. that's kind of nice. That's good. Um, I do not want to linger too long on the prospect camp because I didn't get to see a ton of it. Um, because I was late, which is my own fault, but, uh, Your own damn fault. I love how competitive the players are at these things. They're not playing like slack off hockey. Yeah. They got to impress. I noticed a lot of the players who didn't have contracts or anything, which is mm-hmm. good, I guess they're playing hard. Uh, Alexandrov had a really nice competitive play. He's our, you know, first pick. Uh, he had an early tip in for goal and it was, uh, good to see after somebody, I think Thomas Welch said on Twitter that he looked nervous early on Tuesday or whenever they kicked this thing off. LaFerriere got a penalty shot, didn't deliver on it, so he sucks. Well, he's going to be here then. He has blue for sure. Right, <laughs> that's right. And then Tyler Tucker looked good, which is good because he's having a great season in the OHL. He was and, a seventh-round pick, right, two years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. Washkarak had a nice finish on a break to tie it late. I'm never going to feel comfortable with that name. Washkarak. And uh, it was hard to tell which goalie was which from my perspective, but I think it was Husa that made a really explosive play along the board, or really kind of risky, but like gutsy Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, So let's try to skim some of these. We had uh, Bleed Blue Forever on HF boards, uh, or as you typed, HF bras. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Had some thoughts on all of these players. Uh, I'm going to try and skim through them quickly so we don't take too much time. Costin, he said, his speed looks like it's about the same, but his acceleration has improved. 
Uh, he found a few soft spots in the slot today, but didn't bury those chances. His puck protection was still there, and he used his body a lot to shield players from the puck. Dominic Bach, he said, good lord, he does have hands. Good lord, does he have hands. His passing is very good. Um, I wish he would have shot more in the first couple of days. He seemed to defer a lot, but today his shot had, he shot a lot more. Don't think he had any goals. Perunovic, skating and passing are his best attributes to me. His speed, acceleration, and edge work seemed better and more noticeable this year. Torpchenko looked like he put on some weight on since last year. Dude still flies down the ice and was also backtracking, which was nice to see. He does that a lot. Hugh McGing has speed for sure. That's all about all I noticed out of him. Uh, Laferriere seems inconsistent to me, which was always the knock on him. Alexandrov on hi- and him had a nice tic-tac-toe passing play one minute, then I don't know if I noticed him for the next ten minutes. Kind of reminds me how Barbie was when he was a po- prospect. Alexandrov said, haven't really noticed him at all besides the nice passing play above. If I go tomorrow, I'll try to watch him more. Wash Couric says, so far he's looked better than Alexandrov, has a good skater with some speed. I see why he got that workhorse award this postseason. Kid works for the puck nonstop. Joel Hofer, who was a goalie we selected last year, I thought he looked very solid. First day, I don't think he let up a goal in scrimmage. His lateral movements were good, made a couple of backdoor saves. He made some nice breakaway saves as well. Uh, Tyler Tucker, by far the most improved player from last year to me. Seemed like he was out there the whole time. His skating has gotten a lot better, but still wish we could watch the skating drills. Still isn't the fastest guy, but it seems like his first few steps have gotten quicker, allowing him to get up to the play more. Uh, Tucker is one of the guy, one of the guys that definitely had the best junior hockey seasons. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about him. He was a former seventh rounder. So I was like, he could be a seventh defenseman. Yeah. That's Gold. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, invitees that impressed him that he could see us targeting are Copeland, Curry, Jackson, and Rabick. I think that Rabick guy's going to be something. That's the story I keep hearing. I don't know. That's the story you told me. So. <laughs> I told you before we went on. So. You know. Um, it's out in the ether. Let's talk about some top free agents, shall we? You want to? Mm-hmm. Free agent frenzy. Uh, it's... Brian Boyle off the top. How do you feel about Brian Boyle? Starting hot with Brian oh, Boyle. This this list does get better, mm-hmm. supposedly. Uh, Brian Boyle is a Minnesota wild. He will be up in Minnesota because he is old, which Paul Fenton likes, and he is tall, which Paul Ooh, Fenton likes. And he has big dogs, which Paul mm. Fenton loves. <laughs> Paul Fenton's like a simple child. <laughs> he really is. Yay! I think he will probably stay with Nashville. That's my guess. But when, I think Minnesota. when they swing and miss on uh, Duchesne, they go, well, shit, I guess we got to keep Brian, Brian Boyle. Boyle stays. Ron Hainsey is going to go to the Minnesota, or Minnesota, the Vancouver Canucks. I can see that. For too much money. Oh, yeah, no matter what he makes, it's too much <laughs> money. I'm sorry, Ron, but you're very old. Um, Carolina Hurricanes, I think he goes back A home. A reunion. Yeah. Coming home, <laughs> coming home, tell the world I'm coming. Was he there for like a long time before he went to Pittsburgh, or was he just there between Pittsburgh and Toronto? Um, I think he was there in between them, wasn't he? I think he was with the Jets for a little Ooh, bit. might have been. Ron Hainsey has a troubled history. Not yeah. like a troubled past, but just a complicated one. Mm. Ryan does a, 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 a zingle. I forgot about this guy. I think he's the guy Columbus pays too much money not to lose. Yeah, I agree. They're going to lose all their other UFAs. <laughs> They're going to have to 
hit a home run with one of them, and this will be that guy. I'm thinking five by five million dollars, which is too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Chason stays with the Edmonton Oilers also. Big who cares? Yeah, I mean, they have no other wingers, so they'll have to keep him. Brett Connolly, I cared so little I didn't even <laughs> write someone down. So He's a Florida Panther. Uh, definitely. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent, meow. <laughs> Michael Furland, interesting name here. A guy in the abstract, I'd like to see the Blues get. Obviously, yeah. won't have the cap room. Who are your thoughts on Michael Furland? That seems like a Winnipeg Jets signing. They got they got beat up by the Blues. But they can't sign free agents. I mean, yeah, no, they can't. Is he from Manitoba? You wrote he down. Is. Oh, he is we'll see. Manitoba. He'll go back yeah. home, um, as everyone does. Because that was my first thought, and then I was like, or I, my first thought was, nobody's going to go to Winnipeg, and then I was like, oh, but he's from Manitoba. Yeah, I think he goes there because we beat up on the Jets in the first round, they go, we need to get more physical. We also beat up on the Dallas Stars, oh. which is where I think he lands. Seems like a very middle-of-the-road Dallas Stars signing. Mm-hmm. Him or another guy we'll talk about in a minute. Anton Stroman, big old defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is old, right? Yeah, for which that team he will stay. Yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning do not lose anyone no. and somehow continue to add people. I don't know. I don't it's understand. Anytime there's Braden a... Point will sign yeah. for $2 million this season. Anytime there's a huge UFA, they're like... They're like, would the Lightning be interested? I'm like, yeah, they would. Everyone would. And then they're like, but they mention them because they can get it done and it makes no fucking sense. It sure doesn't. It's always like, oh, they would. they're looking at Panarin. I'm like, are they? Can they? Why? How is it possible? It doesn't make sense. Let's talk about Peter Mrazek, the Czech goalie? Czech goalie? Chechnian goalie? I was like, I mean, Those are Czech. the same, right? Uh, I think he stays with Carolina. I looked and looked and looked and looked at every team to see what team needs like a a one A one B you know middling backup E sort of goalie aside from maybe us, um, and I couldn't find one other than Carolina. I mean, it depends on if it sort of depends on if Florida swings and misses on Bobrovsky or something like mm-hmm. that. But I was like, okay, I guess he just stays in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina makes sense. My, I think probably Carolina, too. My only other thought was, like, could he weirdly be, like... The situation we're in where we're like, ooh, this is too much money to play, pay one goalie, but he's not good enough to be our only goalie, so will Edmonton pay Peter Mrazek too much money to be their other subpar goalie? I mean, that seems extremely feasible. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm glad you agree, at least on that account. Tyler Myers, we both know. Why don't we just say on three, the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks. You didn't count count the three. three. You surprised me. Um, Yeah, everything points to Vancouver for this tall, lanky man. My only addition is, but the Vancouver Canucks, but for way too much money. Oh, yeah, this is the same team that signed. Oh, what's the guy that's with the Penguins now? They managed to trade away some defenseman. Yes. Can't remember his name. Goodbranson. They traded Gabranson oh, to the yeah. Penguins. So who they, they signed for too much guy. money. Yeah, for, They'll oh do it God. again. Jim Rutherford, what the... Didn't they trade Tanner Pearson for Eric Gabranson, too? Or, like, somebody... Yeah. Young yeah. with, like, a pulse? Mm-hmm. 
What the shit? What the <laughs> shit, Rutherford? And he's supposed to be the good GM. Justin no. Williams plays for the Carolina Hurricanes, but next year he'll play for the Carolina. He remains. Woof. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will. He'll be another toilet flush. Got to spice up this segment. Because Cameron, because uh, Sebastian Ajo isn't going to be a he remains, so mm-hmm. somebody's got to be Wayne Simmons. If Michael Ferlin doesn't go there, Dallas Stars, he will be. Agreed. That's I feel true. like, actually, I regret writing Stars for Ferlin because this is who's going to Dallas, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's that weird thing where they're like, Sure, Wayne Simmons, Frankenstein team. That's what we are. Yeah, they go. You can play with Julius Honka Honka Honka. Oh boy, Radic Foxa. I was like, who is he on here? <laughs> no, that'd be cool though. Marcus Johansson, your thoughts? He stays in Boston. That's funny because I think he returns to Carolina or to New Jersey for some reason. He's good friends with Taylor Hall, and they are going really? ball. To the wall for Taylor Hall. I don't know if he is. Or not. I was like, if he's if he he's likes Swedish, that team, he's probably not a friend with anybody. <laughs> if he still has that connection to that team. I would bounce out of Boston and go straight to New Jersey. Sure. With what they're cooking. Absolutely. Gustav Nyquist, heavily linked to the Columbus Blue Jackets by uh, Elliot Friedman. They do have cap space for days, so I say Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I'll never disagree with Elliot ever. It's close enough to Detroit. Which is where he basically. Oh, lives I was now, like, probably. why? Who cares? <laughs> okay, I got, you. I got you. Don't you make all your real estate decisions based I am on trying to get closer to Detroit? To Detroit. <laughs> Man, if I could just get ever closer to Detroit, I would look better in life. That's right. That's right, baby. Matt's Zuccarello is certainly a Colorado Avalanche. Yep. It's a signed, sealed, delivered. That's what they're He's clearing there. all that space for. Or he goes right back to New York for some reason. I oh, think that's the weird alternative. So, so he can be reunited with Henrik. Yeah. I just heard friend. that recently of Henrik crying again over it. And I was like, oh. They, he cried again? Or you no, I just reheard the okay. clip. Oh, no, he's still crying. No. <laughs> Robin Lanier is not Robin staying here. He's God damn it. the Florida Panthers when they strike out on Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, I think you'll stay an Islander. Oh, I didn't think of that in advance, so I tickled myself. <laughs> We're very professional podcasters. Uh, <laughs> Joe Thornton, why don't you tell us about Joe Thornton so Sam- I can go breathe? He's a San Jose Shark yeah, forever. Of course. Duh. <laughs> Jake Gardner could go anywhere, should go to the Blues, will not. He mm. will be a Le Habitant de Montreal. I think you'll be a La King. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it. Anders Lee, is he going to Anders leave? <laughs> that was like the worst one of the bunch. Because <laughs> it was the easiest one to make. Uh, uh. Anders Lee could also wander free if he wanted to, you know, so a lot of options with that name. Uh, Anders Lee, does he stay or does he go? Is he a New York Islander captain 
or a Minnesota Wild third liner? I say the latter. <laughs> He's a New York Islander. I think they gotta they gotta try and keep that oh, team for the sure. same. But they're not gonna <laughs> I guess, yeah. Maybe I'm being hopeful. Ooh, Joe Pavelski is somehow gonna end up in fucking Tampa Bay. That's <laughs> oh Jesus. To my I, didn't even, point. I didn't even read that here. Oh god. <laughs> Sure. No, it's Chicago Blackhawk, only because I've heard it so many times. I've heard Tampa Bay a lot. He was there at their development oh. camp today. In person. They do like small, old people. That's Sans, true. You know, Sands, no, including Martin St. Louis. <sighs> okay, I can breathe again. Our Timmy Panarin is going oh. to... be with Alicia Keys and Jay-Z in the Empire State for the New York Rangers. Just to be clear, he's not signing with some bitch-ass secondary organization mm-hmm. like the Islanders. He's a, whatever, Pinar in a New York state of mind. That's, right. That's terrible. I botched it. I was trying to think, he's not Pinar in, he's Pinar out or some other, you know. It's awful. I love it's it. It's all bad. I still love it. Um, I think Florida strikes out on both those guys. We'll talk about it. Matt Duchesne. Ugh. Yeah, Nashville for sure. I am sure. Pay $25 million for three subpar centers. Do I don't think there's a Montreal. I heard some rumblings that just because he was always a... God, okay, so if you've always been a fan, you've always been a fan of a team growing up, that team automatically has leverage on you. They're like, he oh, loves he the... loved, like, Patrick Watt. Yeah, right? he loves the Canadians, and most of his family is from French Canada, so it, people were like, well, 50-50, Montreal Canadiens or Nashville. I'm like, are they even in on him? Those are very different things, by the way. Were they in on him at all? They were in on him yeah, in the abs move, right? Okay. Originally. I'd love to see him there. It'd be great. And I think, finally, last but not least, Sergei Bobrovsky to the New York Islanders. I still think he goes to Florida. I feel like they get somebody in Florida. Well, I said Brett Connolly's going to Florida, so that's who they get. Sorry. But I think Bobrovsky is the one that cares, like, the least about anything and the most about, like, where I am and the money. And I think Florida will just offer him the most money. And yeah. he'll be like, fuck it, bye, everyone. Like, you'll never win there. He goes, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm fucking Florida with $10 million. Bye. I got boats and blow, baby. But I'm Artemi, <laughs> so and we were friends. Good. He's like, fuck you. And just walks out on us. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. If Artemi goes to New York, he is sure is not going to the Rangers. Mm. So... Bye. Um, So that's the free agent period. It will be fun to see how very, very wrong we are on Monday. We will either be recording that night or maybe the next night, sometime Mm. next week. I will update you Um, on all the UFA ins and outs. Hopefully we'll know a little bit more about the Blues. I feel like this could be one of those weird summer where, like, the news trickles in. Yeah. Which is fine, but I like like having a little comfort knowing the off-season's over. But hey, that's good content for the podcast. We'll get cool August We don't signings. get unreasonably uh, heated over like news about a backup goaltender or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Kochner, our friend, our dear friend Garrett. 
I don't know him. Man with whom I went to Traverse City and with whom you might in the future go to Traverse City. Uh, asked after our round of questions last week, I thought of a topic, but obviously way too late. It's you're never too late in our hearts, Garrett. Mm-hmm. He asked, what off-season story slash free agent are you most excited to follow? For me, the answer is generally offer sheets, which mm-hmm. springboards into a wider conversation that we can have. Do you have an answer to this question? Other than offer sheets? Oh, I was like, is the question offer sheets question mark? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, agreed. No, I mean, that's that's the story of the summer. You've got a number of high-profile RFAs that are looking to get paid and teams either trying to undercut them ever so slightly, which is still an undercut, or undercutting them immensely. Yeah, so why don't we launch into that one? Because Sebastian Ajo was offered an eight-year contract by the Carolina Hurricanes for $6 million per season, Ian. That would have been fine in the year 2008. Uh Uh-huh. Probably would have been very generous in 2008. And no more closer to now would that have been okay six million dollars Braden Shen next year will make 7.5 million dollars guaranteed and you want to pay this guy that just had an 80 point season and then what do you have 60 points the this, year before you want to pay him six million dollars for eight years this is an embarrassment to the NHL, that this clown, Tom Dundon, thinks that he can even make this as an offer to Sebastian Ajo. If this is your opening offer, trade him. Just trade him outright. Mm. Don't let your organization be that embarrassed by the fact by the fact that this will get public. Because you know who our, who Sebastian Ajo's first call is to, or his agent's first call is to? The media. Saying, can you believe this shit? So that everyone in Carolina says, no, I can't believe this shit. <laughs> and that's how you heat turn up the heat on Tom Dundon. But like, according to Elliot Friedman and I think Pierre Lebrun and other guys, he doesn't want to leave Carolina. He has to. Six isn't close. We're not talking about Mitch Marner. We'll talk about Mitch Marner in a minute. But Marner's contract right now is the difference between one or two million dollars and a lot of hard feelings, mm-hmm. a lot of just uptightness and general stuff. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Ajo's contract is off by three to four million dollars a year. <laughs> I mean, it's just not even. It's a, it's off by half of the contract. Mm-hmm. It is a, a full 50% again too low. And it's just pathetic. I mean, it's just, it makes me genuinely sad for fans of the Carolina Hurricanes, of which we found out there are many this year, mm-hmm. who have to look at this and think, we can't be successful under this owner. Because if you can't pay Sebastian Ajo... And if you can't draft defensemen, you're going to lose. That's how you lose. That You will just be terrible forever. 
Yeah, don't maybe, don't maybe, let this be your move. Don't lose Sebastian. Maybe Ajo. you're so bad. Maybe you're so bad. You end up being first overall in a Sidney Crosby type year. You know what? He's gone too. Mm-hmm. And Tom Dundon's real young. He's real young. Relative to NHL owners, he's in like his forties. Oh, so he can't just die. He could be there forever. <laughs> so I just feel terrible for them. It's an embarrassment. Um, I think some. So, uh, just the point I want to make, either an offer sheet happens this year or I'm done talking about them ever. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people say, well, we say this every year. And I'm like, yes, we do. We definitely do. We definitely say this is the year that offer sheets happen finally. Mm. But it's never been a class like this. This is the most likely. never been a class close to this. There's never been an RFA class of Braden Point, Mitch Marner, Sebastian Ajo. Are you pulling it up? I'm right looking. Now. Miko Rantanen. Those are those four off the top. Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. And we're here on June 27th, and none of those guys are signed. And you know why? Because they're waiting. They're waiting for their leverage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's coming this year. I really think it's coming. I think it could be coming in droves. I think we could be shocked. Shocked mm-hmm. by the number of offer sheets. The Colorado Avalanche have $38 million in projected cap space. And while they have to pay Rontanen, and maybe they pay him, let's just say... 10. 10. Let's go just and say 10. They have $28 million left. They don't really have that many people to sign. They got a lot of small guys. JT Comfer. Three. Derek Broussard, if you want to. You don't. You don't. Sven Andrigetto. They didn't even qualify him. Never mind. He's out. Bye, Sven. You've got Ryan Graves, Nikita Zadrov, I'm sure makes some amount of money. Is he an RFA? He's RFA. So three for, yeah. three for Comper, four for yeah. Zadrov. Let's just That's say you're getting close to $20 million. Million in cap space. For them, they're just going to sit on that? They're just going to, eh. When do they have to re-sign McKinnon four years from now? They have three McKin- years? They have McKinnon for the next four years on a contract that's six point three million per year for that ninety point. For the monster. record, this is why we're all saying there are, they're the thing to be afraid of in this division. They could just gr- they could just grab someone and all the, and like do they need those and first round picks? The way, they don't really. No, because they just got two legit first round talents. Mm. Those dudes could hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will, but they hypothetically could sign Artemi Panarin as a free agent mm-hmm. and then offer sheet another premier RFA. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, you know how they always say that don't offer sheet somebody because it'll come back to bite you? It was the Calgary Flames who offer sheeted Brian O'Reilly all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting if they had a premier RFA? That'd be cool they if could they be offer offer sheeted Matthew, I think. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm You're not right. trying to be a douche. I just want to say the right one because I know the people are douches. <laughs> Somebody out there was like, "Stop the podcast! <laughs> yeah, stop the presses!" <laughs> but I just—they're doing something. Mm-hmm. They're up to some. There's no, you're not. They're not a. They're not a. I mean, I don't know if they're a cap stealing yeah. team. I know Stan Kroenke is a douchebag, but like they're not a cap four team. But you're technically. I mean, I know you're saving money, but you're wasting an asset. Like we've said, if you have like over fifteen million in cap space just sitting there in a team yeah. that could very well push for like great playoff success next year, they were already what they were in a game six, game mm-hmm. seven. 
They were in seven, game seven. That's when the Landeskog got. I out. saw. I was talking to somebody about how the Avalanche could push to actually win the cup next year, and I got laughed at. Like that's ridiculous. And I'm like, is it any more ridiculous than the Blues being in dead last and winning the cup? I this genuinely year? think, by the way, and I, people are gonna hate me for this. Fine. I think if if Colorado beats San Jose, they wipe the floor with us. I don't think we were built to beat that team. They're definitely the fastest team. I think there's nothing we could do to stop Nathan McKinnon. And I realize we stopped Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. None of those guys, as good as they are, could time Nathan McKinnon's skates. Nathan McKinnon is, is like top five. Sec- I would say second best. To me, he's right, right behind McDavid. Yeah. But even if he's not that, he's top yeah. five in the world. No questions asked. So, but leaving all that aside, they are frightening. They're immediately They're frightening. Team. Kale McCarr is so good as a defenseman. And he showed that in the playoffs. Imagine when he's like in I don't a know low what, stakes regular season game. I don't know what Grubauer is exactly, but according to Avs correspondent Jordan, I think <laughs> they hired a KHL guy last year who served in the AHL and did extraordinarily well. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that's going to come up for a lot cheaper and replace Varlamov. Who are their AHL goalies if you're up on the pitch? Let's see. Is it Pavel something? Probably. Pavel Frankus? Frankus? Sure. sure. What's the other goalie's name? Adam Werner. I would think it's not that guy, so Spencer I'm going to assume it's the Pavel yeah. fellow. They scare the hell out of me. And I mean, and I'm looking forward to it because I just enjoy different teams being good. But like, yeah, that's a team with cap space that could most certainly offer sheet someone this year. Like you said, they could re-sign Rottenen, they could offer sheet somebody... And they could still have room to, for Artemi Panarin if they or wanted. Or like more realistically or, Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, or that's what I mean. You would get two depth scorers on a team that needed depth scoring. Mm. A team that made it to the second round pushed San Jose to a game seven that didn't have depth scoring. Yep. And then they get that. That's terrifying. Let's talk about Mitch Marner for just a minute. I know people get tired of our Toronto talk. <sighs> I'll time you. This is a shit show. Then this is the shit show that Toronto has earned. This is the shit show that Toronto has earned by being up its own ass and thinking that it's better than everyone and that homegrown kids should just live and dream and do whatever it takes to stay at home and win a cup even if the franchise disrespects them and offers them the least money mm. and waits last to sign them to a contract the toronto maple leafs knew that they were signing mitch marner last and this is their just desserts i do not think mitch marner plays another game for the toronto maple leafs and if he does 10 years real short Mm. he's not Regardless of what Steve Dangle and other Toronto people say, he's not coming back and remaining the hero and lifting the cup as a Maple Leaf. He's coming back and playing a couple of discontented years and demanding a trade. And that was under a minute, I think. Oh, sure. I don't know. But we can continue the conversation. No, I was going to say, I would have thought for as nice a guy as I constantly keep hearing that he is and all this other junk, 
Looks real nice in those iPhone commercials. Yeah. Seems real goofy. And I know you have a... That it, Asian restaurant here really seems to like him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he wasn't paid to do that. <laughs> like, I'm, and I know his agent has a job to do and everything, but you would think that if he's this nice and yada yada, it would just be done by now. Do you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. be done. For as much as they say, this guy wants to play here. He was born to play here. He was born here and he loves it here. And it's like, okay, well then, honestly, seriously... If that's how much he loves it, he would have. They would have signed for the, like eight years for ten million. Like it would be done. Yeah. It would just be done, because as much as I agree that he should go out and he should get as much as he can, and that's totally fine. But if you, if as much talk in the media has been how much he loves them, is beloved by the team and all of this, like over and over and over again, he would have just signed already. It would be done. He would have said, "Listen, Darren Ferris." Sign sign me for 8 by 10 It's over. It's over. That's all I want. I just want to play hockey here. But it's not over. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. fa- the fact that it's not over right now should be troubling if you're a Toronto if, Maple Leaf If fan. any of the guys that are, free, that are RFAs right now mm. were just going to say, you know what, I want to be here, I want to win a cup here, give me a respectable number and we'll get it done, it'd be him. Mm-hmm. That's the one the that guy. seems to be the guy that's like loves it in Toronto, is beloved by everyone. And I'm and I'm not doubting that, honest to God. But like, if that's how much you're gonna tout that characteristic of his, it's over. It should be over already. It should just yeah. be over. And I'm so tired of hearing about their their anxiety. Isn't the word I'm looking for, but their tiredness of this situation that mm-hmm. only they are perpetuating. Mm-hmm. Go out and get your money, Mitch. The cup isn't going to taste any less sweet if you win it with the Rangers or the Islanders or the Flames or the Canadians. As if like Nobody... all these markets are tiny and like you'll be hearing the re- reverberations from Toronto way over in L.A. when you win it or something. No, you won't. Toronto's a speck. On a map, it doesn't even matter anymore. That's the thing that annoys me the most. Is just, I guess that's any big it's city just... with their sports, but they just think like Toronto. Everyone should just be humbled to be from Toronto and be, you know, blessed that they ever even played for that team. It's like this team that hasn't won a cup in fifty three years. It and hasn't const- even been especially yeah. good most of the time. No, most of the time they're kind of the opposite of the Blues in the sense that yes, they both went a long time without a cup, which is great that we have one now. Blues Stanley Cup champions. Um, but they were opposite in the sense that we were mostly good at all of those times. We could just never get it done. Toronto just has had spurts of being good, but generally not a great team. Not normally full of stars. I, I don't know, like you said, this is more to your point that you've talked to me about before. I don't know where they get this thought that like they deserve all this and all good things will be happening to Toronto from now on. Yeah, I just... It, the Toronto Maple Leafs, honestly, and we will stop after this because yeah. people aren't Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but they used to be my favorite Canadian team easily, mm-hmm. my third or fourth or fifth favorite team overall in the league, and they are 34th <laughs> to me right now. This arrogance about he should just take less money and sign here because it's his destiny. Mm-hmm. I demand that it's Mitch Marner's destiny. This idea that somehow for every Toronto-born player, it's cheaper to win a cup. 
anywhere else than it is, would be to win it in Toronto. For like, the last like fifty three years, here's the no thing. Toronto born. I'm glad Patrick happy. Maroon won his Stanley Cup here. I'm mm-hmm. glad Chris Butler won his Stanley Cup here. If Ben Bishop wins the Stanley Cup next year, do you think Ben Bishop's gonna be like, oh, but gee darn, I didn't get to win it with the Blues? Is he gonna be like weeping on the ice because he wasn't a Blue when he won mm-hmm. it? No, and no one would suggest that. And if Patrick, if the Devils had gotten on a magical run last year and won the cup mm-hmm. after Maroon went there at the deadline and he lifted the cup, nobody would have been like, aw, but it doesn't really count, does it, Patrick? Because you could have been the guy to bring us our first one. And I get Marner's a different caliber of player than those guys, but it's just arrogance, plain and simple. And I hope he goes elsewhere. I hope <laughs> Mitch Marner is. I think I think New York Ranger makes a lot of sense, by the way, mm. because that's like the he'd be like the center of their young core mm. with Capo Caco and all <laughs> the others. But I just I kind of hope he leaves, and I never would. I don't wish ill on people, and I don't wish ill on Toronto. But like, maybe eventually they learn, and they just got. That's the thing. They just got an NBA championship. Mm. there's not even dust collected on the trophy in the trophy case yet. And this is all they can talk about, and they're arrogant about what they deserve and what he should do. That's just frustrating. One last question, Ian. After free agency, what do you think the St. Louis Blues will look like? This question comes to us from Vince is done winning the Stanley Cup. Vince (laughs) Dunn. Uh, that would be at Dunn underscore with Vince Dunn, by the way, Stanley Cup champion. He yep. asks, what do you believe this team looks like following free agency? They look like defending Stanley Cup champions. hey I don't know. I think we'll get, I think we get one UFA signing if we make a trade. That's it. Honestly, like, I don't know where else you put people. If you don't make a trade, if no one leaves, even if Robbie Fabry, we don't, he doesn't come back. Where's the, where's the space for anyone? I think maybe we, we make a seventh defenseman signing yeah. when Michael Delzato goes. I, I don't know. think we look the same. I think the Allen news is proof to me, if it's true, that the Doug Armstrong, who, by the way, himself said this was a bad idea, thinks, you know what? bring the same group back and the logic is clear Mm. i'm not arguing that we aren't stanley cup champions because we are but um it's also not necessarily an idea to try and recapture the magic of the past i saw a post online and someone brought up a very good point we played a really good second half of the season and obviously a lot changed we got jordan bennington between the pipes we got craig bruby as head coach but we seem to outplay people in the playoffs because we were in a series and eventually we wore them down. Do you think that's going to translate to an entire season where every game you play is against a new opponent? Maybe not. I think it could be a bumpy transition. Yeah, that's the weird... I mean, what I'm interested in with this team is that there is going to be... There's going to be a, I'm going to say, I'm going to say all the way into December for one specific reason. There's going to be all the way into December, the end of December, end of the year, January 1st. If we are playing like crap, that is totally allowed, whether or not you or I think it's allowed, you know, by the fan base in general. 
And I can't say I necessarily disagree. It's going to be allowed that we play like crap until end of December. A, because of the, the Stanley Cup hangover, which is fine. And B, because, well, we played like crap all the way to December last year. We can just redo it. You know, we'll just do it again. We'll just, you know, we'll just get good again for the last four months of the year. Which is BS, but I mean, I'm sure someone will, someone will trot that it. out and say that's a good idea. Um... But I, I just wonder when the turn is. And I don't think anyone in the city turns like on the team like, what a piece of crap team. Because they just won the Stanley Cup. And even we won't sink to, like, I hate this team. Of course that's not going to happen. I just wonder when the first foot drops or the other foot drops and people are like, hmm, maybe they need, maybe things, you know, maybe things need to be done at the deadline. Or, you know, basically, like, maybe this group does need to be broken up ever so slightly. Mm-hmm change the makeup a little. I just wonder I wonder where that line is. I'm honestly very interested. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we just win a bunch of games and win the cup again. But I'm just curious because I think it's just more likely that we're not shocked when they play a little crappy to start. Mm-hmm. And then when does the not shocked wear off? And you go, wait a second. You can't be this crappy the whole time, can you? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think there are some serious questions about this team. I think, like I said, the in- the the inclination towards saying bring everybody back concerns me because everybody that you're bringing back was on the first half of the year season two mm. or team two. Part two. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I like different. I like change just for change's sake, which I get is not how you run a hockey team. But I don't know. No, but it kind of is. That's more fun. It's more fun. I think, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of change around the NHL. I don't know that we will be a part of it, but I do know that in the famous words of Steve Dangle himself, a lot of NHL GMs will be asking players and potentially restricted free agents like Mitch Marner, are you in? Good night, everybody. Good night. And so much better.